Well, here we are. Here we are, Ben. Here we are inside this wonderful blanket. Have our LaCroix and wine mix. Oh, I think I got almost put one. It's somewhere. Oh, it's on the table. It seems so far away from here. Uh-huh. No, we're in a, a circle that we can't leave. That's true. I agree. What if we both just came out and just like this invisible force field just like... And Pushed us like, back in. Like, Fiona, your words were more powerful than you could possibly have imagined. Uh, that's cool. I like the toe you brought in. The way that we're both facing the wall of this yurt right now, which is where we are, we're inside this amazing yurt that is owned by a guy named Kurt. <laughs> His name's Keith. But we call him Kurt because it's so close to what it really should be. Uh-huh. And, you know, once we see the world as it should be, we just go for it. And so that's why we're here. And <laughs> we just bulldoze mm-hmm. over anything else that is reality. Yeah, yeah. But we're staying in a yurt with some guys. I'm going to say farm, just because there's livestock doesn't mean it's a farm. But I'll call it a farm. It's an alpaca and farm. It's an alpaca farm. There's two alpacas and a flock of sheep. But we are in this very 1970s-esque yurt, which was evidently clear the moment we saw the pictures of it. And now we're here, and there's a fountain. What's another thing you see? Oh, I see a really interesting painting that's blues and reds and... It kind of looks Maori. Uh, Maori? It looks like um, uh, indigenous New Zealand mm. people. Like, I don't know. It just has, like, you know, a very, like, bold sort of Pacific Islander style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. Which Kurt, Keith, has been to Indonesia. Yeah. So he has been to South Pacific. Another perk of this amazing property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would the third word out of his mouth was in Indonesian. Yeah. Basically. I really wanted to show off more, but you were good. Hasn't hasn't happened. Yeah. 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 Well, he said stay as long as you want. That's true. Which I'm interpreting to be forever. In my yeah. Mind. Um. He has yeah not specified so. Yeah. Hopefully, um, we'll be working on Ben's workaholism out here. Hopefully. Hey, we've been working on it. All day Pretty today. diligently. Yeah. yeah. We'll just leave it at that. And um, so we're here right now to talk about a few things. A few very important things. And stroke some toads. And stroke some toads. That sounds really wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I, I promise to keep this in Stroke some toads. Okay. Sounds like stroke some toads. Yeah. Okay, this thing is going to just pick up this noise and we're oh, not going to hear true, we're not going to hear any yeah, of our voices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go fidget with something else maybe. This is fun. That sound is the sound of everything that you heard today because it was raining intensely and really pitter-pattering on the roof of this yurt and it was sprinkling when we left today and it's just been a very misty day. People who made rain sticks obviously did not get their fill of the sound of rain. And so really? they just needed to simulate it. Is that? Yeah, is that's, that one? that's true. Yeah. Okay. I feel like people in the Pacific Northwest made rain sticks. Um, so, okay. Then it's a good thing just... nobody's listening because nobody's going to fact check this. Yeah. <laughs> this will all be fact checked later. Yeah. We're going to do a, an addendum. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. What um, were we talking about again? So, this is our first ever episode. Mm-hmm. We don't even have a name for our podcast to be. Um, we don't have to yet. No. Yeah. We don't have to name it. Um, 
Although with all the ceremony that we have around us. Ceremony. Ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> You've been living here too long. <laughs> We don't say shit like that in Georgia. <laughs> we don't say shit like that in Georgia. Welcome to the Pacific Northwest. We are in a 1970s yurt. It's okay. No one, no one can hear us anyway. Um, except the people who are. <laughs> um, yeah. So we were gonna talk about uh, whatever we want to, but mm-hmm. maybe like. We we'll have a few guiding items here. We wanted to talk about some high-minded deity shit. We yeah. are in a place where there is an entire bookshelf of. I don't know, like animal spirits, kundalini yoga. Which I saw a horror movie called uh, Kundalini Yoga, really? I think. That's a horror movie? Yeah, no, it was, it was yoga colon a horror movie. Yoga. And it was about kundalini yoga and these people in like China, I think, who were like in this academy to study it. Anyway, tangent. Huh. But uh, it, was, it was horrific. There was like, they were all trying to be the best yogi. And then like... They ended up just like dying one by one. Oh it's wow! Like, are they dying because of like they're striving for perfectionism, right. or are they like? Yeah. Is there actually a spirit? That's actually wonderful. I love that. The idea of competitive yoga people is just so, the opposite of what the whole fucking point of that thing is. And yet, I feel like a lot of people get. To that I feel stage. like forgetting Sarah Marshall really nailed it in that one scene where she's like, "It's not a competition. Some people are better than others, but it's not." A <laughs> That sums up an entire subculture, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. But yeah, we're in a place where that's filled with like amazing books about all sorts of spiritual dimension things, whether that's animal spirits, whether that's spirit through movement, whether that's, um, I can't tell what I'm looking at, like eight de- things of tarot cards. A lot of tarot cards. Yeah, multiple sort of crystal. He has a plate. crystal fire pit outside. It, it's a, like it has a bunch of crystals and other things, and we walked by it earlier. Oh, over there. Yeah. 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 So this whole place, apparently, he said, hundreds of people have been through here. Um, retreat centers. He said solstice parties. Yeah. I was almost gonna make a comment when we talked to him today, real briefly. Like he was like, "Oh yeah, we have large gatherings, solstice parties, equinox," and I was like, "Invite us!" I was about to say, "Like invite us." Your face conveyed it. It did. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, it's weird. You know, when I first arrived here, I was very anti-Kurt. Like I was like, I didn't want to interact with Kurt. We didn't even call him by his real name. Yeah, his name's Keith. But anyway, Kurt, I was just someone that like, I just was so tired because I hadn't slept and I just did not want to get the grand tour from him and now like I kind of want him to open up his life to us yeah that's the power of ceremony yeah which um yeah which uh you know we're just living in our own self-centered world over here Mm -hmm. so he's probably just uh happy if we give him a five star review but that's true um, yeah Yeah. five star review if I made the equinox party Mm. it's probably just gonna be a bunch of old hippies like Shimmying to the Grateful Dead. Yep. Ideally. Ideally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't despise that kind of thing. It's not my thing, but, like, I feel like there's just a friendly kind of... uh, It's like getting a a hug from a kind of of out-of-shape old person. Um, It's like, you know, it's not, like, your favorite thing, but there's a kind of, like, old comfort to it. Like a, you know, raggedy couch. Anyway. Uh, So people... (laughs) Uh, people in, in, a, in the life, the human lifespan, we explore the great unknown through religion, through spirituality. More and more, people 
take to exploring many spiritualities within their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, pray to whom it may concern, as we said, um, growing up in the Unitarian Church. Um, That's good. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, um, we wanted to talk about, we want to open up that, uh, we had a few different prompts. And oh, I yeah. Think, yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I want to go through, this is the book, where's the, oh, here we go, right Dreams and meaning, religious slash ecstatic experiences, uh, music slash deities. Why do you think I paired music and deities together? Music I think you were looking deities. around and you saw the musical instruments and then you picked up on all the spiritual shit. Right, yeah. I don't know. We'll just jump right in. Is there any music that you listen to that is, like, very, like, evocative, consistently, reliably, to, like, get you to reach, like, I don't know, a spiritual state, ecstatic state, like, something that you can reliably listen to from four to seven minutes that, like, you know when you listen to it at the Why end. Why four to seven minutes? I, okay, fine. Uh, Fifteen minutes is the limit. That's, like, the period for getting in the, the head zone? Yeah, yeah. I okay. think that's fair. You know, I don't want you, like... Listen to like a whole like half or hour symphony, sure. Uh-huh. But we're talking pocket sized um, ecstasy. Pocket sized ecstasy. Yeah. Okay. Which sounds not like another thing, but just like something that is like in a nice audio psychic package. Yeah, I mean, I think that the human experience is very spiritual and so whenever I just hear something that's really soulful I'm like oh what yeah what does soulful mean to you? soulful um I mean Aretha like Franklin soulful or no I mean like this is soulful oh. right now like I, I can pull up a bunch of like classical examples like you know classical Paraguay singer I don't know I'm yeah. just that that's like recent in my head because my friend who is in Paraguay was listening to somebody but anyway um but okay when people say oh that's such a soulful singer to be honest I've actually never understood what that meant I kind of get... They're feeling it. They're feeling it, but, like, what... Their voice is dripping okay, with okay. emotion. Why... It... Quivering. Okay. Throbbing with emotion. <laughs> um, why is somebody like, uh, you know, this? I don't know. You can probably hear it pick up this sound, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Paraguayan folk singers or, you know, Aretha Franklin considered, like, soulful, whereas, like... I don't know, Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> like, why is that not soulful? Or oh, why yeah. is Why is, uh, you know, the Beatles. No one would call the Beatles soulful. Yeah, I mean, it is a very particular word, but if you get a hardcore fan of some musician, they will probably be like, oh, no, no, actually, I mean, they're, yeah, yeah they're soulful. So I think right. it, it turns into, like, a matter of opinion really quickly, very subjective. Um, hmm. But... Hmm... I don't know. I'm still not satisfied with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well. See, it's great because we're out of service, so we can't end this conversation by like, why don't we look up the meaning and then move on to the next thing? That is actually probably the most unique thing about this recording that you will not find anywhere else, folks. We can't look up stuff. No, we We can't. We don't have access to Google. Absolutely not. We just have access to a bookshelf on Kundalini and animal spirits. Yeah. Which is honestly, you know, 80% of all the knowledge I'm really interested in (laughs) uh, at this particular point in my life. We have a book, Uncover Your Past Lives, and oh. goddess guidance oracle cards in front of us. I forgot about the goddess guidance oracle cards. Yeah. Yeah. There might be a tarot reading at some point. Yeah, at some point. On the future of this podcast. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. 
What are we at? 12 minutes already. Fantastic. <laughs> it flies by. <laughs> it really flies by when you're talking about just things in your immediate, immediate visual vicinity. Um, well, you know, this is very, like, present. I'm, we're trying to, like, forget about the recording. Yeah, I know, I know. I just want to make sure that it's also picking up on it. So mm-hmm. we can forget that it's here, but we just got to project. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah, fun. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things that I see in this room, I'm going to say one more thing, and then maybe we can jump into reading a passage of this book of souls. Okay. Okay. Um, this table in front of us, when you first walk in to the left side, um, what do you think that table's made out of? Wood? Petrified wood? Petrified wood. Yeah. It looks like a old petrified tree, um, that's just been cut right down the middle to a kind of perfect slab sample with a little kind of, um, looks like root stump thing that's mm-hmm. holding it up. And on top of it is a skin, what, lynx? thing? Cat? Some sort of cat thing? Lynx is a good guess. It's real, right? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. And three uh, drums. And it just looks very um, like you would see it when you walk into like an art gallery in Santa Fe or kind of like a yeah. It looks like a homey, upscale you know, vaguely Native American display. But maybe I'm just projecting. Yeah. <laughs> Anything with a drama that looks like that. Yeah. What would you say about, like, white people who need to, like, grasp at all the cultures in order to feel like they have some kind of, like, attachment to a culture? Right. Well, don't you think it's because we don't really have a culture? It's the whole white people don't have culture thing? Right. So. Yeah, but I think that's kind of, I mean, um, yeah, what is culture? Let's go to the definition. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. The root of that word. Culture. Also, see also Cardi B's daughter. Cult. Yeah, cult. Wow. Um, Culture is Cardi B's daughter. Spelled with a K. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. (laughs) That was the name of like the Migos album that came out in like 2015. I think Migos is her like baby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's her face? Uh, What's his face? I don't know. Offset. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, okay, now our podcast is legit. (laughs) Guys, we're relevant, all right? We're talking about a 70s yurt. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what did you... No, white culture. Okay. Yeah. I think... I'm going to refute that point and say that, like, um, you, like, you know, go, go, like, figure out... I'm not so sure how I, how I land on that, like, Mm -hmm. figure out your lineage thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel super... What's wrong with figuring out your lineage? I mean, yeah, like, it's good. If you feel compelled to do it, great. Go do it. But, like... I don't know, people have told me to, like, go look up my lineage, and, you know, when I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm just, I don't really have, like, any particular, like, culture or whatever, um, they're like, oh, no, you probably do, you, like, Irish or whatever, um, but, yeah. So, you went to Ireland, and you must have just, what, felt nothing? Which is fine. Uh, I felt so many things, but more because it was beautiful. Mm, I see, yeah. I did not connect with any Sheehan's there. I did see a Sheehan Mm. pub. Which was pretty... The Sheehan pub. That's yeah, cute. It was pretty affirming. Walk in, you're like, hey, do you know who I am right here? Yeah. Can I, you, you think I, I can get one on the house? Sheehan's you know she are a dime a dozen. There. Yeah. I, I, was, uh, <laughs> I was told that pretty upfront. Like, yeah, oh, you're not special. It's like O'Reilly's. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think, like, it's the general... Um, 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 yeah, my whole thing about cultural appropriation, I mean, let's just go here. Like, let's go here. as long as, like, you're not actively taking away from, like, that culture, either stealing shit outright or, like, taking up, you know, passing stuff as, out as, like, your own. If you're just, like, enjoying and, like, 
especially like you know buying things from their community their community and just making your own house look nice mm-hmm. like uh, whatever you know <clears throat> it's a kind of like private libertarianism thing you know mm-hmm. like feel free to uh, uh, appropriate any culture in the privacy of your own home please you know feel free to do any drug you want in the privacy of your own home yeah you know? yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and it harm none do what you will yeah we're already starting off just like with a bang on this thing we're just like putting out all sorts of like hot takes like we just probably, hot. we probably just lost half our audience right yeah there. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Um, yeah, but let's, let's, let's return to, uh, uh, Indonesian going, um, uh, deity collecting Kurt here, mm-hmm. um, yeah. our gracious host. He was nice. He's a wonderful guy. We really yeah. like him. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, well, we can just sort of, like, talk about him behind his back. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's just, like, um, you should... I don't know. I'm for it. I'm for just, like, going with whatever speaks to you. Like, there's wisdom in... Like, and just recognizing that there's, like, so much wisdom in all of these different teachings mm-hmm. is, like, pretty important. And, um... Yeah. You should just... I I think sometimes it can become chaotic and, you know, you're uncommitted and you're just kind of like, oh, I, I'm not... I'm kind of... I have a shallow, dilettante interest in all of these different things. I'm not actually, like... I don't have real conviction in any belief system. Right. Um, I'm just, like, dipping my hand in whatever. Right. Um, but, yeah, maybe maybe that might ultimately be unfulfilling for you. you yeah. You might not find a lot of community there, and you might just have your own, like, retreats where you invite people to solstice parties or whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. I think, like, it depends how much you like it for aesthetic purposes or versus mm-hmm. you're just so underdeveloped and, and undercommitted in, in terms of an actual belief system. Yeah. Aesthetics are completely different than an actual sincere belief system. I think aesthetically mm-hmm. Hinduism is amazing. I don't believe one part of it, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't mean I won't have stuff around my house that invokes it. Yeah. Invokes, yeah. Do you want to invoke something out of that book? Yeah, yeah. What's the name of this book again? This book is... How to, colon, uncover your past lives. Wow, that was a direct uh, transfer from Hinduism to past lives. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We planned it, folks. We planned it. Yeah. Well, uh, next, uh, coming up, stay tuned, reincarnation. We'll mm-hmm. be talking about that. Yep. Um, How many other podcasts do you know have a soundtrack? <laughs> Not many. It's Probably for good reason. Music. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, go- we're evoking here. We are evoking. Can you see things? Or are you able to... Ish, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced. There we go. There we go. Okay. So, invoking your past lives. Yeah, I'm just going to read... Uncover your past I'm, lives. I'm just going to read something about self-hypnosis here. Oh, hell yeah. Um, practical hints in past life self-hypnosis. The key to a good self-hypnosis session is the induction. The easiest manner of performing this is to tape record it and then simply pay, play back the recording for yourself. There are key words and phrases that you can incorporate in your induction. Okay, anyway. Huh. Um, hey, um, I've been hypnotized. Yeah? Yeah. Really? Have you? No. Want me to tell you about it? Yeah. So, I was in early high school. We went to this like summer camp retreat center thing. It, they called it a Shabbaton. So in Judaism, right, every Saturday is Shabbat, and so you would basically camp out at one place Friday night, 
and then you'd have a program like Saturday night, uh-huh. you know. So Saturday night is basically essentially like the weekly, um, I was going to say the, like the weekly Mardi Gras for Jews. <laughs> but Mardi Gras is the celebration that happens before something, <laughs> not the celebration that happens after something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you get what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. But it basically so Saturday night, our program was a hypn- hypnotist came in um, and did this, hip- this hypnotism Hypnotized thing. Hypnotized a bunch of high schoolers. Yeah, totally, totally, totally legit. He asked for like seven volunteers. I went up there and like I was like super sincere about it. I think some people go into not just hypnotism but like kind of anything that is like all right i'm gonna really blow your mind and they kind of go into it with a like automatic skepticism which is not bad but i feel like when you go into situations like that actively um i've heard that's the word just disbelieve me i don't know a non-believer but yeah i've heard that's the fatal flaw of what of hypnotism if you don't believe it at all well, that's one of the first things he told us. He told us that's outright. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted to make sure that we understood that. So this, like, A, kind of, like, demystified his powers because, like, he's not, he's not doing anything. It's our brains that are doing things. It's mm. the power that your mind can do anything. And so... He's he, just the conduit. He is the conduit, exactly. He's like the orchestra of our unconscious. Wow. <laughs> the maestro. <laughs> the maestro of the mind. And uh, anyway, so he made us all close our eyes and just, he made us count. And he had his like voice and on this microphone. Where oh, boy. He just spoke with a kind. And then, um, I don't honestly remember how it happened, but I, here's what I do remember. I do remember getting extremely relaxed Really, kind of going to this like. Were you sitting? Like I was sl- kind of sitting slash slouching at this point, kind of in my chair. Okay. Yeah, um, and I remember being totally conscious about what was happening. Um, like I could, I could remember I could hear the sounds of the audience. I could hear the instructions he was giving us. I mean, he told us to, like dance like Michael Jackson at a certain point. <laughs> okay, so he was having a lot. Of he fun was having with fun. This. They were having fun. We were having fun too, but we were just kind of like ragdolls, basically. Uh-huh. Um, and I think. I knew exactly where I was, and I kind of knew what was happening. Um, and I think what he did is he made me tune it out so that all the sound and, and background was in the background, and he made us not care at oh. all. Yeah. I have focus issues. Could I use hypnosis for my focus issues? <laughs> do they do that? I don't know. Huh. But, I mean, if it makes you tune stuff out and just, like, focus on a task or I, something. No, I think you are swimming in the pre-sleep state. I think oh, this is okay. what this is. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> You're like, can I focus better using meditation? <laughs> I mean, I can using meditation. Hypnosis, yeah. though. Yeah. I think uh, he it just, you know, had a certain way of, like, speaking, and he just made us count and it was very monotonous for a while the the sort of descending part took about 30 minutes and then once the 30 minute mark hit we were kind of in a state of like all right now he's gonna like do a snap or do whatever you know um and most of us did the thing maybe one of us might be in the corner kind of doing our own thing but um what was that like social pressure to perform see here's the thing i think part of it may have been that i think part of it may have been like i didn't want it, it could just psych me out because it's like part of it is I stopped caring and I was so relaxed and I my audio had sort of shrunken the noise a bit and I remember my eyelids being closed for a lot of it but I could kind of like feel the crowd kind of around me and at the same time I did kind of like want to do it 
and I don't know if that's because of like social pressure and I just wanted to be a good sport or literally like he said all hypnosis is, is self-hypnosis and so maybe that is just what he meant by that so he was merely like kind of suggesting things to your subconscious and like creating a space for you to like fulfill them yeah and yeah. And then you were like, oh, that's a good suggestion, subconscious. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always wanted to kind of go back to that strange state to explore it. I mean, people use hypnosis to keep, try to communicate with the dead. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't think of anything. Traverse their past lives. Do they? There was this crazy movie one time that I just randomly watched. Oh, yeah, my host sister in Indonesia, like, gave it to me. And it was um, this guy who's living in, like, the 1900s or whatever, and he falls in love with this woman in a painting and is like, Hmm. I must meet her. I feel like I'll die if I don't meet her. She's, like, my soulmate. And so he goes under hypnosis and travels to the past and meets her and then, like, comes back and he's, yeah, anyway. He he gets out of it and he's like, oh, fuck. No, I'm going to just, like, sit here until I die. Wow. Hmm. Anyway. You ever seen the movie Vertigo? No. It's very interesting. It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Kind of like, he meets some woman, falls in love with her. She, like, disappears slash dies in some weird way. And then he sees another woman uh, that looks kind of like her. And then throughout the whole movie, he just, like, starts to stalk and be obsessed and date her. This other woman who almost closely resembles this other woman. Um, and I think there's also a weird painting of a woman involved in the movie, too, in some way. Mm. So, that's how I got that. And he just, like, slowly kind of makes suggestions to this woman's life to get her to resemble this other woman even more. Changes oh. her, like, hair color. It's like this weird kind of, like, psychosexual thriller oh. thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it might be some narrative horror movies. It's not a, yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's a, it's a suspense. Psych. Suspense. Okay. Yeah. That's it. A bunch of kids. The movie It. A bunch of kids going on an adventure. So, discover things about themselves. <laughs> Puberty. Do you, yeah, I mean, that, like, um, blood scene in the bathroom mm. was intense. Very intense. Really? You thought that was the scariest scene? Uh, as, as, no, definitely not the scariest. That movie is like a roller coaster at a Halloween shop kind of movie. Uh-huh. Like, it's fun. It's a purely fun and totally forgettable movie, I feel like. I have it's not like, forgotten it since I watched it. It still haunts me. <laughs> Damn. Not in a good way. I think certain movies can be, like, a religious experience for me. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's broaden our okay. scope here. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, not e- I'm not even talking about movies, so there's a great movie I, I love called The Holy Mountain. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's Must a movie watch. from this, I think, Mexican uh, filmmaker uh, from the 70s. The plot of the movie is every sort of one royal person from, who lives on each of, like, the seven or nine planets, because everyone lives on the planets, apparently, uh, comes to this place called the Holy Mountain to try to seek eternal life. Uh-huh. That's, like, roughly the plot, but the whole movie is just, like, strange, abstract, sort of artistic... Holy Grail story. ...pseudo-religious, sacrilegious imagery just coalescing onto, onto each other. And it's basically just, like, a whole kind of mushroom trip of, of a movie. Uh-huh. Um, it looks like it. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, so that's like I guess a version of it, but like I'm maybe even more like movie movies are kind of you can like reach a certain state. I'm trying to think of an example. 
So not like it's not necessarily, well, I don't know, like, do you get a high off of like uh, um, some content like reaffirming some deeply held belief that you've had, like, or exploring it more fully? Like, is that from from the Holy Mountain? I mean, yeah. Do you, in general, do you get a high off of that? Like, is that what this is, this religious experience is? I think because the movie has such explicitly like high aims, you know, mm-hmm. to like do that to you, um, I can kind of get on board with it. As opposed to a movie like, you know, The Shawshank Redemption, which is like a two-hour movie about two guys stuck in this hellish prison, um, and it has like one of the most like satisfying endings of any movie. Where, like, he, like, finally gets out, and he finally, you know, he, he says to his friend, Morgan Freeman, he's like, when I get out of here, there's, like, there's, a, like, a box under a tree in this field, and in it, there's some money, and I'll be on this particular beach, ready to go off on my boat, into, free, into, mm-hmm. like, the sea. And it's, like, this two-hour slog through all these prison scenarios and, like, hellish shit. And then at the end, they finally, like go in like out in the, out into the world and it's like oh get busy living or get busy dying and it's a very much just like it like puts you through hell and then it finally like releases you and it's you just at the end you're just like oh my god I'm like so grateful to like be free you know mm-hmm. and like not be in jail and I feel like there's that kind of like a movie that'll just leave you with a very particular like feeling that makes you very either appreciative of like everything or or even like negative like I find a lot of horror movies to like be like kind of elevating experiences hmm. like uplift not uplifting but in the same way that like you know you can have, yeah okay so we've we've like honed in on a word that specifies our meaning and that's elevated hmm. um, okay elevate because uh, religious can mean so many different things mm-hmm. um, enhanced Enhanced, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what cinema does. Though. It enhances life. Yeah. I mean, does Austin Powers' uh, International Man of Mystery enhance uh, life? Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes, obviously. Yeah, that's the it, correct answer. <laughs> it's a character of life. That <laughs> <enhance> it. <laughs> yeah, like you just you just feel such like a fun, goofy atmosphere, you know, and some like British like sex god with like oh with like gross yellow teeth and like a hairy chest that's like dick shaped and terrible fetishizing of Japanese twins (laughs) (laughs) what? (laughs) I was in Goldmember oh wow it's been a while since I've seen Goldmember (laughs) (laughs) yeah some some parts don't hold up anyway um but uh uh, it's great debate about where we find our religion Mm-hmm. We should be playing some R.E.M. right now. R.E.M. Losing my religion. Yeah. Why does, like, everyone know that song? I've never, like, everyone knows of R.E.M. as a famous band. I've never, like, heard it. Okay. You've never heard that song? I don't, I probably have. I just, like, don't know what That's it sounds like. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight. Losing my religion. Uh-huh. I don't know. Okay, no. We, we can play that song yeah, later. Okay, okay. We'll play that song in the intro, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need a theme song. Yep. Obviously. Something suggestions. Okay. Um, okay. It kind of looks like we're looking at planets, right? Yeah, now. right? Are you looking at that, too? Yeah. This is actually very enhancing the conversation right oh. now. Just, okay, stare directly up. Okay, we're looking right now at this, like, circular black top of the yurt where you can see the black sky. We can also see on all the ends of it, like, a sun 
just all the wood beams coming up from it, and it just re- leads to this sort of black lens-like thing, and there is an orange dot, a red dot, two yellow dots, and two double dots in the corner, and they're just kind of like this constellation thing. Yeah, little orbs just sort of floating there. Changing colors, too. Um, pretty sure something changed color, no? Mm. Was the green? No. Oh, maybe... Oh, yeah, no, it is. Yeah, it is. It's the thing right yeah. next to me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm going to cover it up with my hand. Ooh, there it is. It's like an eclipse. It's gone. And here it is again. Oh. Fantastic. Very slight. Anyway. <laughs> um. Okay. What happened? We we were going to talk about... <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> Hypnosis. Like, religious experiences through, like, movies. movies. Right. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I've, I've given you two movies that I feel like in different ways, gets me to an elevated mind state after they're done. Yeah, I'm still trying to, like, refine this idea because I feel like movie, that's just the point of movies is to, like, elevate you or, like, shed light. So it, it, would I call that religious, a religious experience? That feels like a little Maybe too, not. Like, yeah. superfluous, like, to just, yeah. like, assign religious to everything like that. Right, right. Okay, um, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, but, um, I... If we're talking, you were talking about, like, sort of connecting with, like, some belief or or system of yours, or, like, it sort of uh, filling out some, uh, I don't know. Like, is it, is it the, the emotion that the, the movie evokes for you, or is it? The ideas. Or is it, yeah, is it, like, literally sort of, like, a a new doctrine of ideas that you're gleaning from the movie? Oh, most of the time I feel like it's just a feeling. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, then I just go to, like, my favorite movie is Dancer in the Dark because it evokes such a strong feeling for me. Cool, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Um, Like, what what does the feeling, what does it make you feel, like, after the movie's over? What are you feeling when you're just sitting there? Horribly depressed. (laughs) That's interesting. But, okay, so it's like an elevated... not except the, whatever the opposite of elevated is. What, deflated. De- deflated. <laughs> oh, I guess. I deflated sounds like you're exhausted. But like, what about like why is a depressing movie like Dancer in the Dark? What? Why does that do it for you? Because it, it gets at some truth. Some like, like, it it's just some raw like, holy shit. That's that is real life. Holy shit, yeah. and it's depressing. Like, <laughs> oh my god. Right. This, huh immigrant is going, this Czech immigrant is definitely going to, like, uh, be executed for a crime she didn't commit. Wow. And she's gonna, like, she has this, like, fantastical worldview that's just, like, so resilient throughout, where she's just, like, making, she sees life as a musical, mm. and she's just, like, singing and, all, and dancing in all these scenes, and she's just so, like, wow, everything is just, like, this fantastic musical because I've, like, grown up watching all these American films, and wow. I love them. But then, like, so it's just, like, layers of commentary there. I had no idea that that was what that was, the movie was about. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, that almost sounds like the movie Life is Beautiful. Like Which I haven't seen. It's, it's kind of cheesy. Um, Oscar Beatty. But basically, it's, like, this guy, Roberto Benigi, just has this, like, super cheerful disposition including, like, you know, to his son, they're both, like, in the fucking Holocaust, like, at a, like, concentration camp, and he's just convincing his son that everything he's seeing is just, like, this big game. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's kind of like, hey, even though we're in this horrible circumstance, like, you can't, 
lose your power of your imagination, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. still have that. Yeah. Um, Which, like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good message. Huh. Well, that almost sounds, like, inspiring. It could be, you could view yeah, Dancing yeah. in the Dark as, like, this is a really inspiring. Like, the, the one scene that gets me the most is, like, the scene where she's, like, on, she's walking home by this train track, and she's just, like, um, uh, her, this guy who's, like, kind of pursuing her, um, is, like, uh, oh, no, don't take off your glasses, you won't be able, like, she's going blind the whole time, mm. too, hmm. um, and, uh, that's part of the commentary, but, yeah, like, she takes off her glasses and is, like, what is there to see? I've seen it all. Like, mm. I've, I've seen everything. In I don't movies. need to see anything more. In. Uh, yeah, through cinema. Yeah. And, and, and he's just trying to convince her, like, what about, you know, Paris or, or Peru? You haven't been to all these places. Yeah. And she's like, no, I've seen it. Like, yeah. I don't need to go there. Like, that is so interesting that, like, you say that, that, like, that, that's in the movie. Like, I had a friend in college who, like, was explaining that very similar feeling to me. He's a big, like, film film dude, you know, watches so many movies, you know. Uh, and he, he told me, like, yeah, like, I feel like I don't, like, need to, like, go do that many things or, like, travel or experience things. Or mostly in regards to traveling, I think. It's just, like, or, or, or I, I can't help but view everything I do and experience in life as, like, oh, well... I've already seen this in a movie. Like, this feels yeah, like a movie. Yeah, so, like, you know? are we perpetuating this sort of, like, um, fetishizing of life through, like, the call, you know, the, the getting into, like, our movies' religious experiences? Like, I, this, is, this is my hot take here, but, like, are we... Um, <laughs> I don't want to, like, profane your sacred No, here, no, no, do it. But, like, are... Yeah, like, are we giving fuel to that fire of, like, by discussing movies as religious experiences? Like... Does, is that a stand-in for life? Like, is it going to then be better? Because right, I've, I've definitely, right. like, seen something in a, a movie and then, like, done the thing and been like, this was not as cool <laughs> as the movie. <laughs> um, All the time. And then I feel really bad about that. I'm like, uh, but I, it was my own thing. And, like, I, I'm yeah. not going to have a soundtrack to life. I'm not going to have singing and dancing in a serious sort of, like, Wong. <laughs> Wong. It's just gonna be there. It's just gonna be like yeah. there's the there's you know yeah life and all of its like horror and mystery and beauty and yeah. I think, hmm, it's tough because I think both the movies are totally legit places to find those kinds of experiences, like encapsulated essences of like certain, like feelings that life can give you but um I think there's like an unhealthy part of it and like I feel this way about commercials sometimes I feel like we're living in such an age of like commercials that I've like stopped listening to most most music I listen to I'm like this sounds like a commercial this sounds like a commercial this could be a commercial like everything it's crazy um or like I can't help but like a lot of experiences I do where they're driving a car through a certain neighborhood or, you know, sitting at a particular restaurant or um, walking down the street. I'm just like, this feels like could be could be a commercial or in a TV show uh-huh. when, when one of these types of situations happen, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, like, I don't... That is a strange, like, media brain worm to have. Yeah, so is it enhancing life or is it, like, detracting from life? I don't know, re- actually. Re- I feel like it's kind of enhancing life, honestly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I feel like I can contextualize my 
experience more. Because, oh. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like, I know how to act now. You know how to, okay. Yeah. But, I mean, don't you get a more satisfaction if you've, like, just sort of come up with it on your own? No, it's not, you're not, like, copying anything. It's more like um, plugging yourself into a particular channel. Mm-hmm. more than it is like, oh, I have to act this way because I've seen it in a movie. You know, it's more like giving you a certain feeling that can, yeah, maybe it can, like, lead you down the wrong path or something. But if I'm like, mm, I don't know. And it could be music videos. It can be movies. It can be, you know, like, sometimes when I'm, like, eating, like, at a restaurant on, like, the Ave, like, in between when I'm on my way to, like, Cafe Solstice to do work, and I've just got my headphones in and listening to a podcast. I'm, like, eating some noodles or something. I feel like I'm in some sort of, like, I don't know, anime cyberpunk thing where the, like, character is, like, just quietly, like, observing the futuristic life go by him Mm -hmm. or something. Or if I'm, uh... Wandering through the woods or something. Yeah, yeah. so we will uh, <clears throat> go read The Power of Myth by Joseph Campbell <laughs> and report back next week. Yes. That um, can be our next assignment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I feel like a lot of my big sort of archetypes or like desirings of a certain scene or situation to fit some model some mode in my mind have come from dreams Hmm. but then those dreams have probably come from movies (laughs) so it's well i mean your your imagination can't make up new shit i mean maybe it i i that's a big discussion and like subconscious theory stuff Hmm. but like Hmm. um yeah i mean i i feel like this this whole like sort of you, you brought up cyberpunk but this whole sort of like rich inner like double life of a spy is, is like, uh, prevent, uh, I don't know, a very enticing, like, mode for me to get into sometimes. We've talked about mm-hmm. that, like, just sort of feeling like you're walking through the world like you're a spy, mm-hmm. um, and, like, you have this, like, exciting soundtrack. Uh-huh. Um. You're like, you're Jason Bourne. Yeah. Um, but chicken or the egg, like, does that come from media influence, or... Is that just, like, an archetype in my brain of, like, mm-hmm. is this, a re- is this you know, my brain coming up with, like, a representation of, like, my, my different, like, you know, my id and my super ego, my ego and everything? Like, I mm. don't know. Represented through, you know. I don't know. Maybe I feel like that's kind of, it's sort of like a, is this an original thought? Or am I just taking something that already exists and using it in, for my own, uh, know experiences or like purposes maybe that's a distinction without a difference it's sort of like um you know if uh <laughs> your base your mind is like remixing uh culture mm-hmm. for a different thing and you know you're experiencing it in a certain way and whether you can like express it or describe it or bring it forth into a different kind of more material existence through a piece of art that's another question but like at the moment you're experiencing a version of it that only you can experience Mm-hmm. And maybe you even, like, you've just gotten things through so many different, like, hands at that point that 
you have no choice but to create your own like version of it. Like I probably got some of those some of these like dream images I got from like people describing an experience and I just like it passed you know, it flew by me. I'm not I'm not sure like the origin of that like spy interest. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if I really watched that many spy movies growing up, but like maybe somebody was like talking to me about a book or something and I came up with like a oh yeah, I'm spies. But yeah, I've just like it's gone through so many filtrations at that point that like I it's so watered down or something that I have no choice but to just like make it my my own whole thing. Huh. I want to ask you like why a spy, but I feel like that might be a whole other conversation. Why huh. not? Why not? I, yeah, cool. that's true. They are fucking cool. Yeah, it's amazing how media has made a spy like that to be the most coolest thing that you can do. But if you think about it, all you are is just like a secret intelligence gatherer for the state or something or like a secret shopper or something Mm -hmm. like if they made you know yeah if they made uh, like Cinnabon workers (laughs) out to be as badass as like James Bond they all they have to do is just like change the music change the outfit and change the you know things of possible possible scenarios that could happen as a Cinnabon worker we should launch a campaign so that they just get a better living wage no, that doesn't sound exciting. I want them to have their feature-length movie so that they can, they can have their representative day in the sun in society and then we can all forget Let it Let it later. be recorded that Ben doesn't think that socialism is exciting. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, sure, maybe not, maybe not. I don't think I've yet to see a movie where, you know, socialism is, is really the... Uh, the solution to anything, or at least that, you know. It's a whole, like, uh, yeah, the solution. Like, I mean, because we bash, like, the whole Soviet um, mm-hmm. Union socialism and all these socialisms of history. We've, we've spent our whole, like, American mm-hmm. media time bashing that. Basically, I see a lot of, like, movies that just, like, describe problems but don't actually offer any solutions. Uh-huh. And I would like to see some positive solutions-oriented movies once in a while instead of just, like, a portrait of a, you know sad displaced girl who will be executed uh, because that's just, just like a problem you know you're not like giving me a direction of like how to like change things you're just like complaining you're drawing attention to the issue so that maybe somebody will be passionate enough to change things nope it doesn't work like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lot of hope in that yeah yes yes yeah one of my favorite people, uh, Terrence McKenna, he was like, knowledge alone is not enough to, uh, you know, change anyone's minds. If that was the case, then Jesus' Sermon on the Mount would have been enough. Mm. Only experiences are powerful enough to change people. Knowledge doesn't do it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this this gets, yeah. I'm just going to tie everything into my empathy, sympathy. Like <laughs> It's uh, a thing that you like to... Yeah, <laughs> I don't think that we can like be motivated to action through just like hearing about something. I think we have to like have some personal connection and like some relation to it. Hmm. So yeah, it has to happen to us in some way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know, Dick Cheney's uh, niece has to be gay, otherwise he would have been totally anti-gay. Yeah, like, that counts as happening to you. Yeah, yeah. 
classic conservative mindset thing. I don't give a shit about anything until, oh, wait, maybe this problem is actually happening to me. Okay, now I give a shit. <laughs> I'm, like, not capable of doing a five-second, like, psychological experiment. But we're not going to be another leftist podcast. We're not going to be another leftist. We're not going to say we're the leftist podcast to say, you know... <laughs> people who can't empathize with other people's possible experiences that they have not had are shit. Because that's inherently shitty. It doesn't matter what you're... Uh, but we're not saying all conservatives are like that. I, it doesn't have to be conservative. I'm just saying... Uh, well, that's, that is what I said. Wasn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone... It doesn't matter what you call yourself. Anyone that uh, is, is uh, not allowing um, other people with different experiences than them to, you know, uh, speak their truth. As they say. Speak their truth, yeah. <laughs> Among the phrases it. of... Yeah. So what did you say? You, is it sympathy that you don't think is real, or is it empathy? Empathy. Empathy is not real. I don't think that we can feel each other's feelings. I mm. think that we can... And, and really, the true definition was like... Uh, what was it? Like, understand the... Um, what was it? Shit, I wish I had my notes. Let's do a whole episode on this. Uh, it was like... <laughs> um, it was like feeling like... Oh, having the capacity to feel versus like just understanding that feeling and like relating to it. And like empathy... This is like getting super in the weeds, but like empathy was like just... It was even... Basically, I thought empathy was just like feeling another's feelings like plain right. and simple yeah like you see somebody like an empath walks yeah. into a room and they can feel how everyone's feeling there. you see someone drowning you're gonna go out there and like save them immediately because you're like oh I feel like I'm drowning wait wait, wait 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 that is an entirely different kind of scenario what that's such an extreme scenario that should not even be counted as part of this particular okay that I t- I you see someone that. drowning you're gonna fucking save them because they're drowning I that's such that an extreme from the article I was reading that's such an extreme situation <laughs> that's silly yeah, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay. If, if someone is sitting on the couch over there, and they just have their head in their hands. Yeah. And they're just like, and is an empath going to be like, oh my god, like, that person must be feeling, like, you know, anxiety and blah, 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 whereas someone who's sympathetic might not feel anything, but they might be like, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like an important distinction they drew was, like, um, action versus inaction. Like, um you like which one motivates you to do something and I feel like they were saying sympathy actually motivates you more because you're just like oh you're, you're not just like caught up in the feeling yourself you're like oh I can like understand this feeling and that is like more motivational to me than like actually feeling it I don't know I don't hmm. know I don't okay know. no I, I feel like we're I'm kind of getting at some understanding here. yeah I don't know yeah is it time for a tarot reading oh sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All right. We will end every episode of the tarot reading. We're at one hour. No, we're at 51 minutes. Holy shit. Yeah. Flies by. Uh-huh. Flies okay. by when you're stroking the toe, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Been doing that. Um, <laughs> Fiona has a toad, a wooden toad next to her, in case at any point that was not clear. <laughs> there is actually such a thing as a horny toad. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that that actually more than a lot of them actually sounds like a toad. Yeah, that's hmm. pretty good. Okay, so um, 
We have to set our intention and okay. ask a question. <clears throat> okay. Um, which like, we should collaborate on because we're doing a joint tarot reading okay. here. Okay. All right. I was going to ask. What's the future success of our podcast? Oh, I like it. I like it. I like that one a lot. That makes sense. Okay. What is the future success of this podcast? Okay, so yeah. I'm going to cut it once. Sorry, we're not two people recording our thoughts. It's a podcast, TM. <laughs> we have the trademark on that. Okay, so then you cut it, too. Okay, I'm cutting the deck. Okay. Um, now uh, I'm just going to spread it out. Spread it. This is called like Goddess butter. Guidance Oracle Cards. Yes. And every, what, every card is a different... Uh, uh, goddess, okay. yeah. Um, like actual goddess that has some sort of cultural... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they really exist. Diane, Bast. Um, who? Okay. Lakshmi. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Okay. Um, How are we going to do this? Are we yeah, going to... I think we've got to like... We're now locking hands. We're locking hands and, and passing our hands over the deck and... We've got to really, like, feel the energy and sort of... It's like an Ouija board. Mm -hmm. Are you moving the pointer? I don't know. Okay. We drew one. Okay. We drew... True love. Guinevere <laughs> <laughs> from the Arthurian legends. The romantic stirrings in your heart have propelled the universe to deliver great love to you. So we will be getting great love <laughs> great from love. our audience in the future. Fantastic. It looks like Guinevere is holding a bushel of flowers and looking at it like a mother would would its child. Yeah, she's got some breasts on her. Guinevere. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is a very... Guinevere looks kind of strangely Spanish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Okay. Um, those also look like uh, lilies, mm. which are usually uh, meant to be like condolence flowers. If we're, if we're getting Condolence into flowers? Flower meanings here. Uh, Lily of the Valley is uh, usually meant for... Uh, Death? The, yeah, people who've died. Oh. Uh, usually a child who has died. Oh, my God. That yeah. is so opposite what yeah. everything about this card it's, has just said. It's interesting. Anyway, true love. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dead children. So, um... Oh, this Celtic triple goddess has ancient <laughs> roots pre-Arthurian. Pre okay, okay. Uh, you know, I, I stand corrected. I'm going to read up until here, human mm -hmm, being. Mm -hmm. All right. This is our message. Romance is not an outmoded concept. Far from it. Romance is the time-honored precept of merging with the divine as it's manifest within another human being. Mm, I like that. Mm. Going the full circle here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Romance is also playfulness, which heralds springtime, flowers, and new life. You needn't be worried in a partnership to evoke romance, however. You can manifest it for yourself through laughter, surrounding yourself with beauty, and indulging in luxurious treats. We've been doing that. <laughs> Three, four kinds of fudge, folks. <laughs> romance is the life force of the universe, and it's a worthwhile goal indeed. <laughs> Various meanings of this card. Your soulmate relationship has arrived or is soon arriving. Mm. Uh. There is a renewed passion in an existing relationship. 
You're a very romantic person. Your romantic needs aren't being met, and you must take steps to alleviate this? Wow. Okay, that undermines everything we just said. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. About so. Guinevere. Tell me about Guinevere. Ah, Guinevere. Um, all right, so uh, Book Wreck. Um, shit, what was it called? Um, oh, my God. What? 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 That's a great Arthurian book that I love. What is it? What's the name of it? I'm trying to remember. Oh, okay. I just blanked. Okay, we'll be adding that. We'll have an addendum. Um, oh my god, this is so frustrating. Anyway, best book. It's told from the perspective of all the women in the Arthurian tales. Like W-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, like Morgana Le Fay, Guinevere, mm. um, all, the, all the ladies. Okay. I want to know more about Le Fay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. She was my favorite part. Yeah. Uh, this Celtic triple goddess has ancient roots preceding Arthurian times when she was known as Gwynefar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably not saying that right. There's probably some Q sounds and whatever. In her original form, her name meant white one or white phantom. A mm-hmm. Fiona what? means uh, fair person, oh. which in like sort of ancient times when it was made up meant just white. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pale skinned. <laughs> My name uh, says it all. <laughs> This is a very white podcast. Yeah. No, we're trying to move away from that. Okay. <laughs> or white phantom. And she was a powerful goddess invoked for both fertility. Oh, God damn it. And as a bridge <laughs> to take the dead to the afterlife. Ooh. Okay, that's cooler than fertility. Right. Yeah. More useful. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about resumes here. Um, uh during the times of Avalon, Glastonbury, and King Arthur, she became she became Guinevere. To become king, Arthur had to merge with or marry Guinevere, the goddess who ruled over the land. And so Guinevere became the astonishingly beautiful Guinevere, the queen bride of the new King Arthur. Legend holds that her heart really belonged to Arthur's cousin, Lancelot, however. Today, she helps us ensure that we enter our partnership with our true love, and the, she assists in keeping that love alive. Oh, okay. Is that a comma? That's a period. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so Guinevere was really actually into Lancelot, who was the yes. cousin of Arthur. Well known. Well oh, known. really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, I read The Once and Future King in like seventh yeah. grade. When I say read it, I mean I read about four chapters mm-hmm. and just sort of like. Mists of Avalon. Mists of Avalon? Okay. Anyway, continue. Is that a book? That was, that was the name. That was the book? Yeah. Okay. How was that different than, like, Once in Future King? Very different. Okay. Was Once in Future King, like, the first one? Where did the Arthurian legend come from? They're just, I don't know, they're just all different takes, different perspectives. So Once in Future King was, like, telling it from uh, the perspective of, like, Watt and Merlin and all, mm. yeah, all the, I don't know, it was just, like, it was its own take. It mm-hmm. was, it's a very popular one. Right. Um, reading of it but yeah hmm I could get into this yeah okay very nice how do we close it uh well what we hit the drum when we walked in right yeah okay what are we at an hour 59 minutes one minute left okay you're just putting (laughs) that rose was like next to that candle for the whole I was just kind of eyeing it like are you gonna burn this place down every time I leave this hut I assume we've left like the flame on or something or that and we have actually sorry Kurt (laughs) Kurt doesn't need to know (laughs) Kurt doesn't need to know this (laughs) 
Well, because there's also a, uh, whatchamacallit, the heater in the back of us. The, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Wood stove. That's just been flaming and blasting and blasting. Yeah, very yeah. copacetic. It looks like two lungs on fire. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. All right, we got to keep it to an hour. All right, keep it to an hour. Well, that was wonderful. What did we talk about? We went to hypnosis. We talked about movies. We talked about deities. Deities. Uh, religious experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Music, soulfulness. Yeah. Constellations in the yurt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Appropriations of drums. Yeah. Cultural. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cultural uh, meanings. Our surroundings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we did a tarot reading. Yeah, and then we did a tarot reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True love. Just like Guinevere. Yeah. Just like Guinevere's dead child daisies and <laughs> and uh not daisies lilies lilies uh-huh. and um yeah see this is great we, we make a good team, we make a good team. <laughs> you're like um it's the pr- this with this and that and i'm like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. sure all that all that fantastic <laughs> opposites attract folks <laughs> folks a lot of folks see it's great folks is a word that you can say that'll always offend no one uh-huh. No, no, yeah. no. I, Listen, yeah. folks. I feel like there's a tinge of, like, of like demeaningness. I remember when George W. Bush was in the White House and, like, doing his, like, speech. He would always say the word folks. I remember my parents, like, being, like, so, like, oh, my God. Like, he re- referred to the American people as folks. So disrespectful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. I have met your parents, and they're lovely. But I don't agree with them there. <laughs> uh I mean, it's funny, it's funny. Yeah. Listen, folks, we've had fun. It's been fun. It's been fun. That's our sign-off. We have fun. We have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep having fun out there. And uh, next week we might come back to you with another elevating uh, oh, yeah. Dreamtime story hour. Yeah. All right. So long.